Welcome everyone, I'm J.R. Flatter. I'm the Chief Learning Officer for Flatter Incorporated, a professionally certified coach through the International Coaching Federation. And today on this inaugural edition of the Secrets of Leadership Coaching, we have Ms. Elizabeth Sabajos as our distinguished guest. She's a certified coach herself. And Elizabeth, I'll let you introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you, dear. Uh, yes, I'm Lisbeth Ceballos. I am originally from Venezuela and I came here to study English. So that's my second language. And I have a bachelor's in hospitality management. Furthering my career throughout these years, it has been all related to leadership, management, and business acumen. So that's what I do even today. I started as a housekeeper at some point in my life. And today, um, progressive career. I am currently the VP of Operations Support for Housekeeping for uh, G6 Hospitality. Motel 6 Studio 6 is about 126 plus properties offered on. So that's what I do. In addition, certainly, um, I'm executive advisor for SMU Executive Leadership, uh, Latino Leadership Initiative, and work closely with JR in many projects related to leadership development and coaching. Wonderful. So our, our listeners, our readers, our viewers, our leaders who are either pursuing coaching they are a coach or they're thinking about getting into coaching. So you started down this path about five years ago when you and I first met. So if you would give our readers some advice on how to get where you are today. So you're a professionally certified coach through the International Coaching Federation. You've got a pretty full plate coaching. Give our readers some advice on how to get where you are today. Sure. Um, you know, courageous leadership. And when I read your book, when I met you and I were, we crossed paths and that was over five years ago. And then I attended your 12 week seminar that really um, made me go from, it would be nice to be a certified coach to really, I should, I must do this if I want to continue growing leaders, you know? And that's how I ended up going into the certification first and um, taking um, the initial 60 hours so that you can have that under your belt. And after that, over 525 hours before you're even eligible to take a test by the International Coaching Federation. So the first thing I told myself was, no matter how much um, growing mindset you have, if, are you willing to finally become 100% a very good active listener? And are you willing to take the commitment of the hospitality industry that I always had but to deliver that heart for service, go into this as a mission that it is to service others that 
you want to become a coach? Mm -hmm. So you talked about several things. One of them is the Courageous Leadership Accelerators that, that you and I do. Uh, you mentioned 12 weeks. It's 12 weeks, one topic a week for an hour every day that one day. So it's Wednesday, one hour every Wednesday for 12 Wednesdays. And we talk about a different leadership subject every week. And the last class is talking about where do we go from here? And your where do you go from here was, I want to become a coach. Yep. Wonderful. And then you also talked about the different paths to getting an International Coaching Federation certification. Uh, not that that's necessarily the only standard out there, but that's the one you and I subscribe to. Somewhat of the gold standard, in my humble opinion. But so there's three paths, right? the portfolio path, the ACSTH path, and then the ACTP path. And each of those have different criteria. I think what's more important is the 60 hours you talked about. So the first certification with ICF is the Associate Certified Coach, ACC, which takes 60 hours of training from a certified coach, and then 125 hours of coaching to be eligible. And then you take a, a very rigorous test and submit some videos perhaps to attest to the fact that you can coach. And then the next one is the professionally certified coach, which you and I are, which is a minimum of 500 hours coaching and 125 hours of instruction from a certified coach. So that's the path you went down. Yeah. Well, 125 hours, how did you, you're a very busy professional how did you manage to squeeze in 125 hours of live training from a certified coach? You know, that's one of the things that, of course, is um, what I was looking for is always training classes and development classes that, that had flexibility. So things that you could really do at lunchtime or first thing in the morning, at the end of the day, a um, couple of times was here and there, a Saturday class, but mostly it was during the week at the end of my work day or um, in the middle of while I was eating lunch one hour and then um, early in the morning. You just have to have that mindset commitment that you really wanna do it because it's very easy, very easy to derail Actually, I'm not gonna lie, the first couple of months, I was very derailed. And in one of our coaching sessions, um, you asked me a question, I don't remember the question, but I know that it hit me like, huh, you're absolutely right. I'm not mm -hmm. accountable for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started scheduling it in advance in my calendar for lunch or breakfast or after. Um, and sometimes, you know, if it was a slow evening, afternoon, uh, certainly it's part of my growth professionally as well, that is an advantage to the company. So I would talk to my boss 
and say, listen, I'm taking this class and I'm paying for them. And I really, all you're gonna do is that you won't find me on these two hours. So I simply made a commitment and that's how I ended up getting it. Great. And I could ask you the same question about how did you get 500 hours of coaching under your belt? Now, that was a little bit more intense. In fact, uh, a couple of people have told me, it's like, why the heck do you do that in, what, two years, two and a half years? Um, because, yeah, I have a very intense job and I travel a lot. But again, that one, I was just simply determined. I had put myself on a deadline. Um, I voiced it loud, not only to you, but also to a couple of other people to feel accountable. And I just did it. I mean, it was a lot of weekends and um, a lot of nights or early morning, sometimes 6, 7 a.m. Yeah. But I was determined to do it. And then um, did a few, not too many, but a few group coaching. So for those hours too. And um, it was pretty intense, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Sounds like uh, similar to getting a master's degree or yeah, a bachelor's degree, so similar kind of commitment. Absolutely. You sound like you're pretty successful in your coaching, but also in your in the other side of your business as a, a vice president of a very large corporation. Do I have to be a uh, superstar or a genius to be a coach no that's for sure um you definitely have to have a desire to be and i cannot repeat this enough to be of service to others because a true genuine coach is not about themselves it's about the person that we're working with to help them so it sounds like you know, you've answered my next question already and that is why were you so interested in being a coach um aside from that you know heart for service i think um originally when it kept on crossing my mind was to improve my active listening skills it was one of those that i had improved on a lot of leadership skills um, a lot of things, and I still was stuck in a way on the active listening, always thinking about the next question or the answer. Um, the more I progressed, of course, you know, I became, um, gosh, that's, that's a great skill to have. I can tell you, I've changed, like, it has truly changed my life, you know? So um, the other thing, that I think is part of that success is, um, and I think you use it in the past, but it's almost like being a coach is being able to embrace the Socratic teaching, which is, you know, you're not telling people, you're asking questions that get them to think about their, to awaken their critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And, and that is, you know, the other thing that I learned um, 
it was very hard. That's why I really, I, I think that's, that's one of the top two things that um, make you successful, but anyone can be a coach, you know? Anyone that has that passion, that understand that it's not about them, but others. That in my case, I think um, by the fact that I bring a real life experience from not only just being an immigrant, but the growth and all of my experiences as a whole, as a leader, um, as a manager, et cetera, I think that really um, helps because you have that range of skills that is broader than just one particular area you have been all your life. And I love to work with people that are 180 degrees opposite to me because we both learn, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing. So you come from the hospitality industry. Are all the leaders you coach from the hospitality industry? No. Actually, it's um, kind of funny because there's very few from the hospitality industry. Um, I purposely seek to partner with people who are not in the hospitality industry so that they can benefit more of um, a different point of view, different perspective, and they can truly um, benefit. So um, the second thing that that does is when I work, for example, with the military, when I work with um, people in the IT industries or um, completely opposites, what it does also the innate curiosity of wanting to help that person uncover um, you know, their own self-awareness makes it even more fun. Mm -hmm. But how's that possible? You're an expert in one field, but you're coaching people from other fields. What what is it that you give them that they don't already have? That is a great question. And truthfully, I think what, uh, because I have a different experience, because I don't know day in and day out exactly what you're doing, but I do know leadership. I do know people. I do know what a true, genuine leader looks and feels like. Then I can provide them with thought-provoking questions. That's why um, talk about the critical thinking, you know. And you ask wide-open questions that you had not even thought about before today. And sometimes it's kind of funny how the answers come. It's like, you know, ooh, good point what you said. And all you did was ask a question. Mm -hmm. So it's the power of seeing from a different perspective, different angles, you know? Mm -hmm. Great. So we are called the secrets of leadership coaching. So one of the requirements of coming on as a distinguished guest is you have to tell us one of your secrets. Tell us one of your secrets to being a successful leadership coach. I have 
learn to use my, how can I say it? Um, use my range of interpersonal skills to be authentic and be able to build trust just by opening the door. In other words, if you, if you want me to summarize it, it's a very humble approach to leadership coaching. Build trust through authenticity, I love it. So you're meeting people oftentimes for the first time, however they might have crossed your path. You're both strangers and so intrinsic to what you've said is to be a good coach, the person you're coaching has to trust you. And you build that trust through your authenticity. And Correct. That's a great one. All right. So uh, before I let you go, and thanks so much for being here, uh, think of two or three other people in your coaching world that you think would be informative guests for future podcasts? I would definitely hide there because her demeanor and her style is very soft-spoken um, and yet so powerful. She's very impressive um, coach. John Murphy, and the reason why I think of John and we kind of always bounce ideas off each other is because John has a more relaxed approach, but he has a gift to build that trust like pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Like I was talking to him the same day that I met him yeah. as if it was a long-term friend. So I think that's a gift. Um, and then when I graduated, there is Dr. Andrea Beek. Um, I can send you the information, but I kept um, coaching each other for two years um, after I graduated because, um, you know, it was not only genuine, but truly helped each other to see what is it that we wanted to do next. So um, she has vast knowledge on and broader, even from the counseling and psychology perspective, because that's what she did um, in her dissertation, et cetera, but um, very interesting individuals, for sure. Great. So I know John Murphy is in Ireland. Kylie Dare is in Australia. Where is Andrea? Andrea is in Kansas, no, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. So you have a pretty global reach already. Is that, uh, you find that pretty common in coaching? Yes. Um, I have to say it is common for some of us that genuinely have a growing mindset and don't mind to like reach out across the ocean kind of thing. Take advantage of this new way of communicating, right? Um, a lot of coaches until I came down to this path, one of the things that you and I always see eye to eye is the fact that 
you know, if you truly want to grow, go outside of your network. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that's, that's what I look for. And ICF allows you to do that because they have all the names and everything in there. So it's pretty, uh, pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating, actually. So you're a vice president in the hospitality industry, a Venezuelan, uh, born in Venezuela, now an American, living in Texas. And you're coaching and being coached by people from all over the world in entirely different industries and doing it quite successfully. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Thank you. I right. love it. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being here. Uh, I'll let you get back to your regular day job and we'll see you soon. Great. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye-bye.